Hey guys. Green, red, jello. It's your boy, Chudzy Wubsy. Welcome to another episode of The Last Week Out. Is there an echo in here? Echo, oh, echo in here, 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 here. We here, fixed here. the echo. Oh yeah, we did fix the echo with a poker table, dude. Because we're a bunch of inge- ingenuitive sons of bees in here, dude. And I'm gonna try not to curse, but I'm gonna say dude a lot. So just, just what it is, dude. Just what it is, okay? And uh, so check this out. Um, I love to vape. Danny, same. Loves to vape. Our guest loves to vape. David is a vape god. That's what he does. He makes vape juice. Well, let me tell you something about this place called Butt Out E-Cig. Dang it, butt. Good big butt. <laughs> I know that's the drop, but I just get so annoyed sometimes when I'm talking and you just like, I'm going to completely interrupt what this person is saying. You know what I mean, dude? And then it makes... That's my drop. You're interrupting what I'm saying with what I already said. I'm interrupting you with yourself. Dude. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm so... Stand this right now. Okay, listen. Uh, butt out e-cigs. They got a special promo code going on right now. If you go on their online website and you make an order, you're going to get 20% off your order if you put last week out in the promo code. I don't know how those types of things are even done, but it's there. Some, some software engineers were like, well, yeah, we can do this. And you know what? That's what Danny does. Danny bridges that gap between the software engineers and the consumer to <laughs> simplify how those things work. And uh, we're going to have a whole episode on how that actually works, what goes in behind the mechanics and engineering to make that work. But all you need to know, okay, my children, is that it works, okay? And you're going to get 20% off your order. So do it. I, got, I think I got I'd got really one. like that. Man, that's a hitter right there, dude. That'll get you. <coughs> also, it's burnt, so that's disgusting, but that's okay. All right, man. And then we got that little lo-fi banger that plays in the beginning. And uh, you guys already know, man. This is episode 26. I keep telling you guys about Devin Hancock. And uh, you need to go follow him. You just, you, you have to. It's not a, it's, this is no longer, this is no longer like, hey, you should go do this. This is, now you have to do this. Yeah, if you don't, you're just a bad person. You're just a, you're a bad purse, okay? And we yeah. don't want no bad purses, dude. We don't want you. Get out of here, Okay. <laughs> Go check him out. He's got some cool stuff, man. God, dude. Anyways, last week out, Instagram. Um, You can email us if you want some advice on uh, something that's going on in your life. We call it unsolicited advice, but it's extremely solicited, so it doesn't really make sense. And you know what? I'm also a little sad. Nobody's emailed us. I feel like I just feel like I'm just putting so much work in, and I'm trying to help you guys, and you guys just you aren't communicating with me. And this relationship needs communication. I need, I need you guys. I need you guys. I codependently need you to ask us <laughs> to give you, <laughs> ask us for advice because we are some very, um, we just know a lot of things. So, so this is what you do. Uh, yeah. In the spirit of unsolicited advice, you just slide in the DMs of followers with unsolicited advice <laughs> exactly doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all i love it it's so good all right dude okay so i'm gonna be honest with you guys okay Uh-oh. i'm tired okay <laughs> it was a long day i got a lot done okay we're gonna get through this and it's gonna be great okay and i'm gonna wake up at 4 a.m tomorrow even though right now i don't even know what time it is what is it 11 yeah, I have no, it's, it's 10 
It's 10. Great. Eight, awesome. Ten. Sick, dude. Fuck yeah. It's 11 somewhere. There I go. Now I cursed. Anyways, I'm digressing so bad, and I'm so sorry. We got a special guest host again who killed it last week. Can I get a round of applause, please? Can I clap for myself? Is that weird? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. That was loud. That really hurt, dude. I, that's very spiteful of you to do something like that. You know what, dude? You need to call your sponsor, bro, because you're acting out right now, and that's just... Good news is I'm awake now. Yeah, I guess I'm awake now, dude. So we got Danny Habitaeus in here, dude, and he is just, he's killing it, dude. And he's going to do his thing again tonight, and it's going to be wild, bro. And it's going to be a good time. And then we got uh, we got the hermit out there in the corner over there somewhere off in space doing all the really, really complicated stuff that without him, none of this would even be possible. So let's give a round of crickets for David as well. Fuck David. There it is. Fuck David. I'll tell you that right now. Because you, know you know what David will do to you? He'll interrupt you while you're talking. He'll Fuck David. Ahead. He'll just go ahead and interrupt you, dude. But anyways, you know, um, I think I got all the plugs. I don't know. We got a special fucking guest, man. And every guest is super special because what we're doing here is a super special thing, dude. Because we're going to get open, we're going to get honest, and we're going to get transparent about the human condition, about... What are some of the trials and tribulations that this man has been through? And then we're gonna we're gonna relate, man. We're gonna relate because that's the thing, dude. Is like as humans, uh, on a really on a really like simple level, we all relate. Even though outside circumstances are entirely different, there's something about the internal unmet. Un- English is hard as fuck. <laughs> it is. It is super hard, dude. Now you know what I'm gonna be honest about something else before we get started. I'm gonna digress again. Okay. So uh, the question was raised to me earlier, and then just jump in if you guys got something to say, and then we're really gonna get into this. But somebody was like, um, "We're struggling with the idea about being born an alcoholic," and um, we started talking, and essentially it was like, "Oh, I feel like if I was raised differently, maybe I wouldn't have been an alcoholic," hmm. right? And like. What we're led to believe, right, is that um, we're born that way, that it doesn't matter, uh, you know, even though our outside circumstances definitely play a huge role in our alcoholism, right, in our in our in our uh, uh, behavior. okay, Um, but that doesn't necessarily make us an alcoholic, because the thing is, is like I came from a really good home. I was super blessed and super fortunate. The parents were there. They were supportive. They made sure that I had everything I needed. When I was 10 years old and I wanted a bass guitar, they got me a bass guitar for Christmas. Did I ever mm. learn how to play it? Absolutely not. But they went and they got it for me because they just were they were just there for me and they supported me and it was super rad. But guess what? Still started intravenously using heroin at like the age of 16. So it's like where, where and why? Okay. This is nature versus nurture. That's the... Is that the... That's what you're getting at? I guess. I don't even... I hear people say nature versus nurture all the time, and I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're saying right now, dude, and it doesn't even matter. Anyways, dude, but then I started <laughs> I started to analyze my life, and I was like, okay. And I like started thinking, and I was, I was uh, almost appalled at myself, but I realized that at a really young age, I loved attention. Mm. Any kind of attention I could possibly get. And I like was looking back, and it was just like kind of hit me like a like a thunderbolt, dude. When I was in like third or fourth grade, I would see kids that went to like this speech impediment class, and I saw the attention that they were getting, and I was 
Did you fake a speech yeah, impediment? I faked a speech impediment so I could go to this, like, you get this special attention, dude. And it was wild. And uh, the whole time I remember, I'm looking back and I'm thinking about it. And I was like, I don't have a speech impediment. And it's like, if these people were to find out that I don't even have a speech impediment, and they're like, we were born with this, and you're over here faking it, what the hell is wrong with you? You can speak normally, and you're not even utilizing it. And then there was, in like eighth grade, the same thing happened. I realized that if I went into, if I played really dumb, and like did not do well, that I would be in remedial classes, which were really slow and work at your own pace type of stuff. So I did that, but what ended up happening eventually is that I got so far behind in school in general that I had I, I I ended up being dumb because <laughs> of it. <laughs> See, I can't even find the right words to explain what I'm trying to say. You want to know why? Because I faked being dumb, and now I'm dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can, can I? I feel like I just went on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> in a car, blindfolded, and have no idea where I ended up. Does anybody else? Feel, am I alone? Yes. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Okay. All right. Oh, yes, I agree. With all right. That's all right for sure. Well, I appreciate the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. And so you know, I got my GED in prison, so that's what's up. Hell yeah. Um, all right, back to our special guest, dude. Mr. Brennan, right? It's Brennan. Okay, good, because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure it's Brennan, but I really, I really hope it is, dude. I have no, maybe it's Brenton. I have no idea if that's even a real name, dude. You Speaking know, of so. that, how many people call you the wrong name? Like, Brendan, I feel like you probably Brandon. get a lot. My entire life. Mm. Yeah. Brendan, Brandon. Yeah. I had a Steve. teacher... <laughs> like reading, <laughs> reading off a list, I got yeah. I got called Brenda one time. Oh yikes! Yeah. How old were you when that happened? I'm guessing elementary school. So you probably got made fun of. Yeah, yeah, dude, kids are ruthless. Oh, tied. That goes right into it. So where did you go to elementary school? I, um, I went to a school called Town Meadows. Um, where the is that, dude? I'm in. So I grew up in Gilbert, Arizona. No shit. So, nice. Like the burbs. Nice white privilege. Yeah. Wait, have you lived in like this area your entire life? Um, I've traveled away a little bit. Yeah. I always think the grass is greener on the other side, so I'll go test it out, and then I end up making my way back here. Yeah, right. um, East Valley mainly. Uh, that's where I grew up. Yeah, Gilbert. Interesting. So just to, I, I get the so my last name is Hepteus, uh, which means I spent the entirety of my middle school years being called Hepatitis, <laughs> which is not ideal. Right, like so. I so I absolutely get that. Um, so I'm I'm really Habitus D. <laughs> yeah. So like, and for whatever reason, Danny Diabetes has taken off. So like, literally any Damn, sort that of one's pretty good, dude. Danny Diabetes is pretty good. Yeah. So whatever. For, it's always some sort of illness that my name. Like I will never have a good Instagram name, right? Um, so so whatever. Hold on, right? like, dude. Hold on, Danny dot at Danny Diabetes. Yeah, that would be a sick Instagram handle, dude. At Danadabetes. I'll try it for a week and see what happens. Okay, cool. Right? Anyways, um, so super excited to have this conversation with Brendan. Right, I, I feel like we relate in in this way. You can tell me how far off base I am. Um, I I know a good amount of people, right? And you're one of the more popular people that I know in terms of the amount of people that you know. Uh, but I typically 
show up to places. So I think we had this conversation, right? Like I don't necessarily have a specific group that I'm with at all times, right? I kind of, I don't know if you feel like this at all, but I typically compartmentalize kind of this is my poker group and this is my uh, fantasy football group. And is that something that like exists or just kind of want to get into the sense of how you orient yourself to the world, if that makes sense? I I 100% relate with that. And I, I feel like I've always been like that too, like even in school, but... Um, I feel like I know a lot of people. I feel like I'm I'm friends with a lot of people. I can call them friends, but I don't have um, one group. And sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I've been jealous of people that have that that really core group of friends. Um, they got sober together, whatever it is. Like they're always together. Um, I can't say like I have a best friend or a, a core group of friends. That phrase is weird to me, by the way, best, right? It's like it implies one, and yeah, it's just odd to yeah. me. I've had this conversation with people. Sorry, but I, I relate to that. Um, yeah, like I, I do know a lot of people, but I don't I don't have a group. Have you, like, thought about, like, is that, one, is that a conscious thing? Two, maybe it helps to, like, understand kind of your upbringing or, you know, like what you experienced as a child. Do you think it stems from kind of your experience growing up or it's where does that come from? Uh, I think it could, I think my childhood could um, possibly play into it. I am, my personality, I feel like I'm actually an introvert. I feel like I, Mm. um, I do tend to isolate Although, like, when I need to turn it on, I can be an extrovert. I can be personable. Um, but I do like to be by myself a lot. So I, I go places by myself. I'll show up to these big group events, but I'll go by myself. I won't go with a group. Yeah. I feel like that's a common thing. I do that all the time. Um, I can leave if I need to leave. Yeah. It's like maximum freedom. Yeah. Be- yeah. Being in Gilbert, did you grow up Mormon? No. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Super no, fair in, question. In, in Gilbert, no, no, no. In Gilbert, there are almost every neighborhood. There's a a Latter Day Saints church yeah. within the neighborhood. So you'll be like driving. You'll go a quarter mile in, and then there's the church right there, mixed in with all the houses. Gilbert is is I'm guessing 75 percent Mormon. I actually got asked oh, yeah. that question last night when I told somebody <laughs> that I lived in that I grew up in Gilbert. They said, "Are you Mormon?" Really? Um, a lot of my friends were Mormon. Uh, my mom's side of the family, she actually, my mom's side of the family was Mormon. That doesn't, that's not why we moved to Gilbert or like has, have anything to do with that. But yeah. Is it a big family or what, what does your family structure kind of look like growing up? My mom's side of the family is very big, um, but they're all, they're all out of town. So like um, my immediate family who I grew up with was my mom, my stepdad, um, and then eventually my mom. Uh, with my stepdad had two kids. Okay. And this was, how old were you when they had these kids? Uh, <clears throat> I am eight years older than the older brother. And I have two brothers. The younger mm-hmm. one, I'm 10 years older. So a fair age gap. Interesting. So, so I was on the other side of that coin where I had a brother who was eight years older than me. And it kind of felt like he was like my pseudo dad. I don't know if that makes sense, right? Like he was disciplining me and that did you have that kind of relationship with them or what was that like with your siblings no and I always wish I did um I hear stories where the older brother steps up and I I wish I could have been that older brother um 
but I, I actually wasn't very close with my two younger brothers. The age gap didn't help. I didn't really hang out with them. Um, and then I didn't really have my shit together enough to, to be a good older brother <laughs> or That's a fair. father figure. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Mm, by the time they were 12, 14, you were yeah. off and running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes For a lot sure. of sense. Yep. Speaking of father figures, so you, so you mentioned your step, your mom and your stepdad. Um, what's the story on your biological father? So my upbringing, I, my parents divorced when I'm guessing I was one. Okay, um, so this is like before memories form. Yep, very early. I have my earliest memory, like to this day, the, the farthest back I can remember that I have one clear memory of my parents fighting. And I, I, maybe I was two or three. Yeah. I feel like they were already divorced. Um, but that is literally the, like the oldest memory that I have. Um, so my stepdad came into the picture when I was about six. And then um, they did shared custody, my, my mom and my dad. I'd go see my dad every other weekend. Yeah. Was that like a escape a like I can't I guess what was that like in terms of like your feeling between splitting time did you have a preference that's kind of a bad question to ask right but like I don't know though like some 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 kids are upset that their parents divorced right yeah um it tears them up for me I think it happened early enough to where I grew up that was just a thing I like I, I think I learned early enough that it's actually better for my parents to be apart than together. So like, I wasn't hurt that they had divorced. Um, I liked, I wish I was able to spend more time with my dad. He did like every other weekend. Um, but at the same time, like they, my parents do not belong together. It's good that they divorced. They, they remarried, um, like sharing time, splitting holidays, having two Christmases. That was cool. Yeah, that's yeah that was my sad. thought. I was like, dude, that's two Christmases. That's two birthdays. And then they, when they remarry and you have step-parents, then you have step-grandparents and like, oh, you get, yeah. yeah oh, wow. and, they're, and they're dying. They're dying for your love. <laughs> yeah. They want you to like them. So they're going to hook it up. Do, do you get I don't have, my parents have stayed together my entire life. I'm wondering if step-parents like try a little bit harder, you know, and, and go a little bit extra with the, <laughs> with the gift giving and the, like, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want kind of thing. Yeah, if they're a good person, <laughs> but if they're a shitty, a <coughs> shitty individual, then they're going to be a shitty step parent more than likely. Yeah, all right. I guess that's, that's really interesting that you kind of had that, you know, intuitive thought about your parents' relationship at a young age. That's I, really, really interesting. I never even questioned it. Like, I didn't even think like, why are they not? Why are they not together? Why is like my mom not with my dad? Mm. Um, it was just the way it was. It's just normal. Yeah. I mean, you didn't really know anything different, right? Like from the no. first moment, you know, like they're not married. They're in living separate I've, lives. Honestly, I feel like these days, that's just common America. Yeah, with me, Divorce I got rate. it. My dad sucks. I was like, why were you with him in the first place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's odder to see people that are together for yeah. extended period of times than, yeah, I think you're absolutely, your, your parents were ahead of the curve, right? Like yep. They were, <laughs> they were ahead of their time. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess, what is, what does adolescent life look like? You're, you're coming into your own as an individual, as opposed to like just being a child in your parents home I guess what does that look like as you're as you're going about your experience kind of growing up I thinking about my childhood I have so many mixed thoughts with like was I okay or was I not okay wait um, what do you mean like was I a happy kid or was I sad like hmm. um 
I feel like I excelled in certain areas. Um, I, like I said, I feel like I'm an introvert, but I can be an extrovert. So like I was social, I had friends, but at the same time I was lonely. I, I could be in a group of a thousand people and feel alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I just, in hindsight, I'm trying to look back and like, think like, was I okay as a kid? Did I have a good upbringing? Um, was I a bad kid? Was I sad? Like, I, I just don't know. Do you spend a lot of time kind of in your head analyzing like yourself or situations that you're in? Uh, does that question make sense? Yes. And I'm going to say I'm learning to, and I'm learning to use that. But I actually, I was thinking about this on the drive over. Like, I don't, I don't think about my past. I actually like completely shut it out. Interesting. Um, when we get into recovery, recovery and we start like digging into our past and, uh, four steps and, and whatnot, like I, I, maybe it's like intentionally subconsciously. I don't know. Like I block out my past. I have a hard time remembering when things happened. I just don't, I don't want to focus on my past. Is that like a, a conscious decision or do you just find yourself like, Oh shit, I don't remember any of this stuff. I think a little <coughs> bit of both. Yeah. Um, positive stuff too though. Or yeah. you're talking about just negative. I think more so negative, but even, even positive stuff. Um, yeah. That's wild because I am haunted by my past. And I think that might be why I shut it out. Maybe. I don't know. But even, even the positive stuff too. It's so it's like a weird thing. So when I, when I think about my upbringing, uh, in my past, I almost try to find frailties within it. Right. And I'm like, well, this happened and this is why I'm like this now. And I get caught up in this idea of like that I am a hundred percent, and I think it's true, right? Is like we're a product of our environment. But what happens for me is I fall under this ethos of that I'm a product of my environment, and that's that, and I can't change that. Like I'm always going to be this person. I'm always going to have this personality. I'm always going to have this outlook on life. Um, but then what's really wild, right, is that all of a sudden. Uh, something else happens in my current life where all those ideas kind of just like melt away and they change. Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Are you sure? Because I feel like I don't even know if I'm making sense. <laughs> See, I'm just saying words and I'm not entirely sure if they are in the right order. <laughs> <laughs> so you're growing up, man. Uh, what were you into? Were you into skateboarding? Were you into punk rock? Like, what, was, what were some of the things that Brennan liked to do when he was a child? Uh, let's see. When I was a kid, I've always enjoyed uh, art and creativity. I was into sports. Um, when I was younger, I was actually into school. I, I tried and I like wanted to do well. Um, what changed there? Because you qualified that <laughs> with when I was younger. I, I don't know when I made the switch. I, like as a kid growing up, I had, I keep hearing this. I've heard it my whole life. I had so much potential, right? Oh, and God, then dude, I, that's yeah. the worst thing to hear. And I hear so it. much. Um, but as a kid, I did well in school. I enjoyed school. I enjoyed sports. Um, 
I did. I, I enjoyed skateboarding. I, I did all the things, all the kid things, right? And then somewhere along the lines, I just lost drive, um, lost my identity. I, like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know who I wanted to hang out with. Um, and I stopped excelling. I stopped trying. I was on sports teams, but, and I like, probably could have been a great player, but I just didn't put in any effort. I, didn't, I just didn't care. It was this like a, a overnight type of thing, or did you, did this build over a period of time? I'm picturing junior high, like something in junior high. I I switched. Yeah. Um, I started seeking attention from the like the wrong crowd. I didn't. I'm I'm not sure the the reason behind it, but um, I my my friends did change. And uh, I just stopped. Did you start like getting into a bunch of trouble and shit, like ditching school, smoking weed in the bathroom, like that kind of stuff? Or for sure, yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure, yeah. The... We used to roll dice in the bathroom in high school. <laughs> oh fuck, dude! You want to? I'll tell you. This is funny. So, okay, there was a sting operation on me in eighth grade. I'm gonna share something with you guys that is disgusting. So, I was an attention seeker. Right. And one day, early on in eighth grade, I was using the restroom once. Okay. This is going to be disgusting. <laughs> All right. You can tell we're going down that path. and I'm nervous. Yeah, that's okay. So I was defecating. Okay. And I was cleaning myself. And then I looked at the toilet paper. And then I looked at the wall. <laughs> and I and I smacked the toilet paper on the wall, okay? And then I was just like, oh, and then I left, Why? right? But then I wash my hands, I leave, I go back to class, okay? And then it started to progress, okay? <laughs> this is where it gets real crazy. So eventually it went from sticking it on the wall to starting to draw things on the wall. Wow. <laughs> and by the time by the time Christmas break was over, I had did an entire anarchy A with my <laughs> shit. Well, how much hours of therapy does that came. take to... It's poor a, poor school janitor, dude. Dude, okay, so check wow. this out. This is where it gets really crazy. So it is like, and I had a pattern, and then they figured it out. The poop bandit strikes <laughs> again. <laughs> the poop bandit strikes again, dude, okay? So it was like after lunch one day, and uh, I was like, oh, because we would like all go outside. And then I was like, hey, I went, I went the principal's like, hey, can I use the bathroom? And he's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And like I go to the bathroom, right? I'm in the bathroom. The only one in there, I go in there, I go in the stall, and I do a little mural on the inside. <laughs> and like as I'm in there, I see that the janitor is like has walked in. Okay, he has walked in, and he didn't use the bathroom. He didn't turn on any of the faucets. He walked in. You could hear his footsteps. I saw his boots, and then he walked back out. And I was like, well, that was super weird, right? So then I just, like, I go back out. I go back outside, whatever. I go to class. The next period, they call me into the principal's office. No, you're, you're screwed. And they got this binder, okay? <laughs> and they open up this binder. All of your murals? <laughs> it's all <laughs> the murals. It's nice. all my art pieces, dude. <laughs> but how did they know it was you? What was the, the link? Because when I went to the bathroom... They sent he radioed the janitor to see what stall I went into. Yeah. And then when I left that bathroom, the janitor went back in, oh, opened yeah. it up, and Evidence was like there. There's the there's our guy. Yeah. There's our guy. And they're like, Do any of these look familiar? And I was like, No. 
Who did this? This is absolutely disgusting. Well, I don't know about you, Brett. I feel significantly better about my childhood at this point in time. Like, I feel <laughs> more normal. Yeah, yeah I feel like... Uh, and that's the part. part that's what I'm trying to do. I want you guys to just feel comfortable. I want you guys to be feel a little bit more normal. You yeah, know I, threw a, I threw a stink bomb in the sixth graders hall one time when I was in eighth grade. Jeez. I got in trouble for that, but that's nothing. Yeah, no, that, this is a Netflix special that we just heard <laughs> described. That's like the dude drawing the dicks on the cars. Yeah. That Netflix special. Yeah, that was like a whole thing. That's what this is. That's exactly what this the is. The poopy man. bandit. How many years clean are you from wiping poop on the wall? Oh, many years. Whenever eighth grade was, I have no idea. I Some, never did it again no, after that. Sometimes he regresses and Amy has to call him out. Yeah. Oh, whatever, dude. You come to my house, it's fucking immaculate, dude. Yeah, because she's cleaning poop stains off the That's wall. That's not the even true. Anyways, dude. All right, Brennan. So we're... We're in school, and what I'm what I'm hearing right now, we're going to go to break, man, then we're going to get back into it, but this is what I know about you so far, okay? And uh, what it sounds like to me is a classic case of not fitting in, and that's what I think a lot of people relate with. Now, what I also know about you is that you've been to prison. Yes. So you're a wild kid, okay? You're a wild kid, and some wild shit has taken place, but you're sitting here in front of me today, and... You seem calm, and you don't seem like the kind of guy who, one, would rub shit on a wall like I would, but uh, also don't seem like the kind of guy that's been to prison, you know? And that's like kind of this amazing journey of recovery that we go into is that we are these totally different individuals. Something happens, and when we come back from the break, let's talk about what happened. Love to. Yep. Yeah, man. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's it for yeah. now. We're going to take a quick five-minute break, but it's only going to seem like nothing to you. It's going to so. seem like a no-minute break. Mm-hmm. Good evening, my friends. It's Commander Cutie, Mr. Chudsy Wubsy from the Last Week Out podcast, and we've got some exciting news for y'all. Over here at the Last Week Out podcast, we are produced by Slack Media, and they have a special promotion going on right now. If you are a two-legged homo sapien or a millennial who just had a meaningful conversation and have the urge to put it on the internet, we're just the people for the job. We record, edit, and update and post. Fuck, update and post. What the fuck is update? Why did I say update? You can update stuff. I guess you can update stuff. Listen, dude, you want to fucking do a podcast? Guess what? We're the ones that can do it for you. We can edit, mix, master, and produce the whole thing, and we can help you figure out, do you know what an RSS feed is? Because I sure didn't when I started this, but because of Slack Media, now I do. So if you have a podcast and you want to get it started and you want to skip all the difficult stuff, go ahead and email LLC at gmail. And or you can and or fuck god damn it dude and or and or 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 you can slide in our DMs at the last week out on Instagram. Ooh. Get on in there. Love you bye.
Alright, 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 alright. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, smash that like button, my children. My loyal members of the matriarchy. And let's get to it, dude. So, I want to apologize uh, to our guest because I feel like I might have hijacked a few minutes of that last <laughs> section. Um, typically... Uh, we get to know the guest a lot more, <laughs> and I was just feeling crazy. So I want to apologize for stealing your thunder. So essentially, this is what I this is what this is what we know about you. Uh, okay, is that you're a wild kid, and let's talk about let's talk <laughs> yeah. about you being so, a wild kid. So it kind of helped out, right? Because you talked about the sting operation, and then over the break, we kind of learned that you went through a similar experience with effectively a sting operation that was run on you. Uh, that was pretty interesting. Yes. <laughs> My, so, yeah, it's actually- Maybe it's we a, don't say any names to protect the innocent? Definitely. All right, that's fair. No that's, one that's sounds Quint, innocent. Let's Quentin Tarantino this. Let's Quentin Tarantino <laughs> this, okay? You went to prison yes. because he had 26 felonies. Wait, how is this Quentin Tarantino? We gave him. We mean? already gave him. We already gave him the what is not the plot, obviously not the plot of the story, but we already gave them, you Sorry. know, the the fucking banger, dude. The end, dude. You went to prison. You had twenty six <laughs> felonies. So let's start at felony number one. Ma. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> Anyways, my drug addiction took me to some dark places. Um. I got to the point to where I was doing whatever I wanted. I, I needed drugs and I needed to support my habit. Um, my life had gotten so <coughs> down, uh, let's just say depressing, that like I didn't care if I lived or died. Um, I knew that the things I was doing were illegal. The penalties were gonna catch up to me. Um, I'm like sabotaging my credit. Um, doing all of these criminal behaviors, like not caring if these things are stacking up against me because like I didn't care if I was gonna live or die. I actually planned on dying. Uh, I had uh, multiple suicides, um, suicide attempts, um, to where like I just didn't care. Uh, I'm committing all of these crimes. My, like the end result, I had, I had 26 felonies, yeah. I had four cases over the course of a year. Um, this was after a relapse. Um, I went back out and over the course of a year, uh, I racked up 26 felonies, um, four different cases. And in this time, the, um, the detectives, the police are trying to get me to come in. Um, they're investigating, they're building these cases against me and then uh, eventually it caught up to me so and I I was still alive for it so <laughs> 26 is so ridiculous I feel like they should have a mercy rule you know like when in little league when you're losing by like 13 they just call the game yeah no, that's, that's fair. <laughs> I learned though that they throw everything at you that they can and they just hope whatever sticks mm, right yeah. and the, the everything in stuck. the end I had six felonies I had all of them mm. dropped but six but um, wait so you had already been sober like in the program of AA, I my story involves a lot of relapses. I, I've been in and out of recovery since I was sixteen. Um, and how are you now? I am thirty-two. Okay, so sixteen years. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's crazy to think about, but yeah. yeah. 
And uh, so I'd been in and out of the program. I'd put together some time, and each time it got a little bit better, but I just I didn't commit to it. And uh, so this last time I had two years sober, um, I was super dry, like no program whatsoever, and I ended up going back out. And I do all these crimes, and then um, they're trying to they're trying to hunt me down, right? So the they end up catching me. I my car breaks down. I'm homeless. I was sleeping my, in my car, and then my car breaks down, so I'm I'm stuck there. Um, so I reached out to a friend, also in the program, a longtime friend and asked her if she would help me with a motel room or a hotel room for a night. And so my plan actually that night, like I had a bunch of stolen things. Um, my plan was the next morning after I wake up from this hotel room, I'm gonna go pawn all these things. I'm gonna get as much heroin as I can and I'm gonna overdose. I like that. Mm -hmm. This is my suicide, right? Um, I've tried it in the past, but this time I, w I like was not gonna fail. And so I'm at this motel room and I learned later as I'm reading the police reports that they, the police track my phone to this motel. Find and my friends. Yeah, <laughs> it's like some CIA level stuff. They yeah. track my phone to the motel. They, I guess they look up in the motel registry to see if my name's there, right? But my name's not there. It was paid for under this close friend's credit card. They then look up everyone that is staying at the hotel and they cross-reference that with my Facebook friends <laughs> and, find out, Whoa, <laughs> and find out that my friend is in room 402 or whatever. <laughs> and the next morning I get a call from the lobby saying, hey, if you want to extend your stay, we need you to come sign this paper. Like, I don't think Ooh, anything of it. it. I put on some slippers and I walk into the lobby and then I just get swarmed. Like, <laughs> Cops everywhere. We need to. We need you to sign this paper. They always say that the FBI is working with. Uh, I don't think there's anything in there. They always say the FBI is working with Facebook, and you have experienced that firsthand. Facebook got me. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so That's you why get it's all about Instagram now. Yeah, Facebook's for old people. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so you get picked up. You get uh, charged with twenty six felonies. Uh, you end up facing six. How much time does that come with? I'm sitting in county jail, and they, the higher, the heavier felonies are um, being a first-time offense. I'm looking at five years. Um, I end up getting three and a half, and I end up doing three. Okay. A little over three, yep. And, and so at this time, and, and maybe not through the entire three years, but definitely before that, you are in this position of, I don't want to live anymore, right? Like this is not kind of how I planned my, I had a lot of potential, right? All of that, right? Uh, I assume, and maybe this is the wrong assumption, but I assume that that's not the case today, right? No. So, so I guess the question, right, that begs the question of, of what change or how do you get from, from there to, to where you're at now? You, I hear the, the term God shot and like, so the night, the morning after I got arrested, I was planning on committing suicide. Legitimately, mm -hmm. this is like true story. Um, God intervened. I get arrested. I get sent to prison. Like this is, at the time, this is the worst thing that can happen to me. I, I fucking absolutely hate my life now. I'm detoxing in county jail. Um, my family wants nothing to do with me. Uh, nobody wants anything to do with me. And so I'm in county jail. I'm looking at doing about three and a half years. Um, 
and then somewhere along the lines, like uh, I just had this switch in my brain that said like, let's turn your life around. Let's make this like a comeback story. Um, like you're getting a second chance at life, even though like that's the last thing I wanted um, a, a few weeks before that. And uh, so I just made this mental note, like I, I'm gonna turn my life around. I'm gonna do whatever I can that's productive. I'm gonna use this time away from drugs and society and friends and all that. Like I'm gonna use it to better myself. And like, that's literally all I did for my entire sentence. I, I did everything I could to become a better person. Uh, is that a, a reg I, I've never been to prison somehow. Like I, thankfully, uh, is that a, is that a unique thing? Is that like, what is the prison life? Like you've been to jail, right? Yeah. A few times. Um, so <laughs> typically, uh, no, that's not the story. <laughs> so typically it, what, what it really boils down to is, um, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have the realization that you had, is like you can make your time there extremely useful and you can rehabilitate. It is totally possible, but <laughs> it's really difficult if you don't, by some kind of magic spell, have that realization of like, I'm gonna use this time uh, appropriately and I'm gonna use this to better myself. So, so that kind of begs the question, right? If you're in that environment and that's not normal, how do you kind of deviate from what everybody is doing and say, no, I'm going this way? That is, there's an art to that too. Um, being in prison, you don't want to stand out too much. Um, so like there was a handful of us that, that did have the same mindset as me that, that did want to like turn their lives around. So I, I kind of stuck with those people, but at the same time, like, um, you need to kind of, you need to blend in a little bit. Right. Mm. And so I did, um, I played the game, I did the prison thing and yeah, it is a rarity. Like in there, most people aren't there trying to change their lives. They, and a lot of them actually regress in prison. They um, go in there with morals and standards and then like those go away when they go to prison yeah. and they adopt that prison lifestyle. Um, and some of them just literally adopt that lifestyle. Like that's their new life. Yeah. So how long ago was it? Um, like how long have you been out? I have been out for a little over a year i'd say a year and four or five months oh so not for not for very long so there's still a little period of readjustment from being institutionalized definitely because for three years that's heavy now i only did about a winter solstice on my last stint how long is okay that? i have no idea what that means is that like two weeks or six months i don't know is that 12 hours i did seven months on a year uh, dude um, with work furloughs and weekends and films. i didn't have no fucking pussy ass work furlough dude if you're getting out on work furlough you're a freaking puss dude do the time do the crime do the time bud okay yeah that was um, your attitude going in i remember yeah, yeah it was well, i didn't really have a choice um no, yeah, so that's tough. That readjustment period is tough because I know the, the day that I got out, I went to the DMV because you yeah, had like get a new license, new address, all this stuff. And I go to the DMV and I'm wearing regular clothes. Mm -hmm. I'm not wearing the state issue orange, uh, you know, sweatpants and shirt that say, you know, Arizona Department of Corrections on it, right? I'm wearing my normal street clothes. I'm seeing women for the first time. I'm seeing babies for the first time. And I'm in the DMV and I'm sweating, dude. Yeah. And it's not hot in there. Yeah. 
The AC's turned down to 37 degrees. Mm. It's freezing in there, and I'm sweating. And the loudspeaker's going off, and the baby's crying, and I can smell a woman for the first time in a little while. <laughs> and I start to, I start to freak out. Dude. And that's only with seven months, right? That's only. And with I don't seven. want to say only. Like that's probably a, the fucking long ass time to be right. Well, yeah, no, you know, that, t- that was earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> that was earlier today. Um, so yeah, there's there's a serious readjustment period after that. And so how, how are you feeling with that? What is, what is that? What's that readjustment period been like for you? When I, when I first got out, I remember um, my dad picked me up. He actually flew out from Colorado, picked me up, and we got in the car. And I remember being in the car, like watching things go by and like feeling like we were going so fast, right? Mm-hmm. And then I get home and like within the first week, I get a cell phone and I'm back on social media. And I remember like everything on the outside is so fast paced and I started to get overwhelmed. I'm looking at like one, all of the messages that, that stacked up over the years and then two, just like how fast things are coming in. And it was very overwhelming. All the senses and all like all the smells, those are new smells. I haven't Mm -hmm. smelled that smell Mm -hmm. in three years. Um, to where it was overwhelming. I had to take breaks. I got, I got really big into fitness when I was in there. Um, and it was, it's, has been and was like more so to help my head and so i remember like being overwhelmed and so i would go running but then like a few hours later i get overwhelmed again so i go running again there was times where like i'm running like nine miles a day just like exerting myself so i can like sleep at night that is something that i never would have considered right like the idea of like smells yeah. overwhelming mm-hmm. it's, right? a, it's a senses overload mm-hmm. so I went and we went and got some food right when I got out and I remember like we went into this place and the I like ordered the food mm-hmm. and then <laughs> she gave me a cup and then I went to go fill it up <laughs> at the fountain drink station yeah. and I fucking freaked out dude Cause like the colors that were coming out were so vibrant, and the sounds and the fizz, the fizzy blue. Yeah. You're filling it up. You're like, whoa! Yeah. It's like a lot of stuff that people typically take for granted. Mm-hmm. I imagine, right? Mm-hmm. So, so does that uh, fade over time, or is that like a conscious effort to try to get used to the pace and all of the different sensory overload type things, or what does that adjustment look like? It was a it was a com- conscious effort. Um, it did fade over time. Like uh, eventually I did get used to it. Like I have lived that lifestyle before. So I eventually got back into it. Um, prison for me, prison for me was a a good thing. And that's so rare to hear. Like for me, it changed my life. Um, it did, I think what it, what they want it to do, like what it's meant to do, but what it normally doesn't do for most people. Um, It was a wake up call for me. I got just enough time. Um, I keep thinking like if I had only gotten a year, would it have worked? Like, would it have been long enough for me to like snap out of it? And so like, it sucks that I had to do three years and I lost three years of my life. But at the same time, like I woke up and I had this new drive to like, I I need to get my shit together. Like, I don't want to be a dirtbag for the rest of my life. Yeah. That drive that was lost in adolescence is all of a sudden back. Yep. Wow, that's beautiful, dude. And, yeah. and, and it seems like just from the, the outside, knowing you kind of in the way that I do, it seems like you're kind of, uh, 
I don't want to say reliving, but maybe reactivating that potential, right? So we were talking about during the breaks how, so fun fact, uh, before roughly six hours ago, maybe, uh, you had never listened to a podcast before, <laughs> right? Uh, which, which is actually like unique, I think, right? That you're probably in the 1% of population at this point. Uh, but you were mentioning how when you're driving, you're typically looking at tutorials and there's things that you could be learning and... So I guess two questions. One, do you feel like you're making up for lost times at some sort of level? Or two, what's driving that desire to to improve, better yourself, that sort of thing? Uh, very much so. Like sometimes I feel like it it might not be a good thing, but I am trying to make up for lost time. Um, I am trying to live up to my potential. I've heard it my whole life. I, I do feel it. I feel like I have potential. Um, but I've never, man, I've never put in the effort in life. And like, I, I want to be a good person. I want to succeed. Um, my whole life I spent trying to get my parents to approve of me. I, I was always trying to win their approval and whatever it was like sports, school, whatever. And like when I was very young, I did, but then like it stopped, like there was no reason for them to be proud of me. And like, even this, even to this day, I'm 32. Like I still call my parents like bragging to them, like put this picture up on your fridge right like be proud of me please i get that dude so uh i got this new gig recently uh and when i told my dad he has never been as proud of me as he has when he heard where i got the the job at right he like i could see it and then he was like calling me on a regular basis and i was like oh, okay I, I see and and Part of me felt that, like, oh, this is a missing piece. Like, this is a piece that I've been missing yes. for a while, yeah. right? Uh, and it's an interesting way, like, it, it's interesting to be able to see, like, oh, this has driven, like, this desire has driven a lot of behavior, yeah. right? That's, that's kind of wild, right? Um, so so the, the other thing that I know, and I mean, you have a camera sitting there right now. It, it seems like photography is, is kind of a big portion of your uh, attention, right now where, where does that come from and I guess what does that uh, look like for you I I'm big on hobbies um, I feel like I have a lot of hobbies I enjoy sports I enjoy social events but photography for me is is I've always been an artist um, into some form of creativity um, I have in my adult years gotten into technology I like tech right and so mm. like photography is a mix of creativity and tech mm. Um, so I got into that years back. Um, I'm just like, I'm now starting to get my life back together. Uh, I've been out of prison for a year. I'm starting to, to make some money, pay off some debts. Um, and so I started getting some camera equipment again and it's a good release for me. Um, it's like almost part of my program, just a healthy hobby. Uh, it takes up a good amount of time. Uh, it's relaxing for me. It's, it's therapeutic. And so, like, yeah, if you guys have seen me over the past month, I have my camera everywhere. It's literally sitting right in front of me. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing it to, to volleyball, honestly. And there's some good-ass pictures. I don't know if you guys have seen Oh, you the... took those volleyball pictures? Yeah. Damn, dude. They're, like, professional. A moment captured in time, dude. I've... Oh, <laughs> dude, I, I have... Um, it's really sad, man. When I was really young... I was really into videography and photography, primarily of skateboarding. Yeah. And I really got into it, man. And I like learned how to edit and I learned how to just do all this really cool stuff. But then I sold my equipment, 
right? But anyway, I'm going to digress again, and I'm not trying to do that, but I, I really like what you're talking about right now um, is finding that healthy hobby, finding that outlet. And I feel like it's just so, it's so intrinsically important to have that. Staying, definitely, staying productive, staying busy, is healthy for your program whether it's like going to meetings doing your 12 step 12 step work working with your sponsor or whatever like not everything i do to stay sober is recovery related mm -hmm. um even just trying to better myself at work and like being proud of myself is is keeping me sober like mm -hmm. I, i'm i'm doing these things at work to, to like try to be a better employee that makes me feel good about myself like when i feel good about myself i don't really feel like using Mm -hmm. Um, so this new self-improvement kick in whatever areas, like whether it's hobbies or, or fitness or whatever, like it's healthy. It's been so fun. this, this begs the question, right? And I've had this conversation with people before. They're like, Oh, I just don't have a hobby. And I'll tell them like, well, well, one of my hobbies are, you know, that I thoroughly enjoy. That's really important to me. Like, well, you just got lucky. You're like, Ooh. So the, the question is, how do you find it? Good question. I feel like mine, actually, I feel like mine, I've, I've always kind of known. Um, but like, I, so I watch a lot of people, Danny and I actually play volleyball together uh, quite a bit. And, and I know I like volleyball. Volleyball is a hobby of mine. But there are people that come in not knowing if they like volleyball or not, right? Um, they come in, they suck, they don't know what they're doing, but they, they are having fun. They're around sober people or they're not, like if it's, if it's not a, a sober league or whatever. Um, but they get out there, they, they get out of their comfort zone, they go try it out, and they learn that they like it. That was me. I was in a very horrible place when I started playing. Like, I was miserable. Like, I could be in a room with people, and I, I was miserable. Uh, and it was my buddy Gene, actually, was like, yeah, a bunch of people play volleyball on Monday nights. Why don't you go? And I remember showing up the first time and kind of just, like, standing on the <laughs> side because I didn't know what the etiquette was. Like, I don't know how... It seems like everyone's on a team already. Like, what do I do? I don't know what to do. I'm just going to stand here awkwardly. It's intimidating. Yeah. yeah, it's incredibly intimidating, especially mm -hmm. in like group activities where everyone seems to kind of know what they're supposed to do. Uh, and for better, like someone brought me onto a court and started playing. And like I know for myself, right, it's like I love competition and I can get a little too competitive <laughs> from time to time, right? Uh, <laughs> but but I, I, I absolutely can relate to this idea of like, hey – this thing that I like to do, this this activity that brings me enjoyment, uh, is of significant value to like my peace of mind or my contentment, and like it fills this gap that I've felt for a while. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about poker too. That yeah. that that Friday game for yeah. you has has done that too, kind of. Yeah, it's it's like a circle of consistent people. Um, the, the thing that I'm impressed with uh, in, in your instance, Brennan, is like it seems like some of the activities, photography, and, and maybe I could be wrong, but it seems like some of these activities are, are kind of solitary activities. Uh, so you kind of have a mix of both. And I'm curious kind of if you notice that, do you feel that? Like, hey, this is what I do solo. This is what I do in groups. And is there like a, a difference there? I've thought about that, actually. And I, I do like to be alone a lot. And some people like that. Some people can't stand to be alone. Um, but I think I've also learned, uh, I think it's like evolving. I've learned that I do need um, social engagements. I need to be around people. Um, 
and maybe it was subconsciously I found a hobby or hobbies that were um, social and then I picked up one that was that I can do by myself um, but yeah like now that you pointed out I have a variety of of events whether they're like I could, things that I can do by myself or in a group yeah I got nothing solo dude. it's weird that's good some people yeah, yeah I feel like some people it's are weird. like that yeah I like hiking I, I go up by myself you hike like pretty regularly don't yeah. you yeah, and when I go with people, it's annoying. <laughs> Do they slow you down? Usually, or if they're or if they're faster, then that's annoying too. Probably, <laughs> but I haven't found that yet. What is the big? Do, do rock climbers look down on hikers? Chad is a climber. He's a rock climber. Do you? Do I look down on hikers? I never yeah. thought of that. Is there like yeah a, from the top of the mountain? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, there's actually yeah, no pun intended. there's there's definitely there there's a connection there with someone who. It's the same. It's the same connection of like, um, if someone's an avid hiker, then they have found what a climber has found within nature. And what for me as a climber, what I found is that um, when I'm in nature and I'm climbing and I'm just like I'm outside and I'm just I'm just I'm taking in and I'm soaking in the environment around me and and I'm just absorbing it and I'm and I'm having the experience. It's the same experience that an avid hiker is. It's like, yo, why the fuck do people hike these crazy mountains dude 12 13 miles like what the hell's wrong with you because most of the time dude i gotta walk i gotta hike into a canyon maybe a mile Mm. to get to the to the spot to start climbing it's not that big of a hike you know what i mean but i still have that same feeling of satisfaction of like Mm. as humans man we i feel like we are meant to be outdoors And then what's beautiful about photography is capturing that moment in time. I love landscape photography. I love climbing photography because you, it it just takes this like beautiful moment, right? Whether it's the sun setting or the the sun rising. I did that backwards. There's that dyslexia again, dude, an incurable disease, man. It's just, it just happens, you know? You you make it sound like it's terminal. (laughs) It is terminal, dude. (laughs) Google, Google, Google dyslexia. It's very, very like, it's just scary you're like oh god it says it's incurable we lost him too <laughs> <laughs> we lost him due to dyslexia yeah. oh, he had the danny diabetes <laughs> he got the danny diabetes yeah man so it's like um to, i guess to answer your question no no climbers do not look down on hikers there's right. definitely there's, a, there's hikers a are the nicest here. people in the world i got stuck on a mountain one day and literally hikers saved my life mm-hmm. it was it, it's a story for another time what's your favorite thing to shoot out of curiosity my so that like recently it all at, when i first started doing photography what got me into it was lightning photography mm. yeah um, and when i got my first camera we learned how to do it and so like i was all about it it has turned into people. I've learned, I was just thinking about this, like I learned that I enjoy taking pictures of people and a lot of people enjoy having their pictures taken, right? Yeah. And when they get good pictures of themselves, they they enjoy it, they appreciate it. Like I, it almost feels like I'm doing them a service and they're, they're happy with it. And that's a good feeling. Like when I can give somebody a picture of, even if, whether it's candid or posed or whatever, like, um, a couple together and it's a good picture of them and they love it like I mean that's such a good feeling for me so I've, I've enjoyed taking pictures of people that's all it sounds like value that you're getting from helping other people which it's is, ser- yeah it's service work yeah that's awesome so so <laughs> what does I think we're running up against time what does life look like for you today right we've heard some of 
like the the issues that you face, the challenges in terms of feeling like you belong, the the not living up to your potential, uh, the lost time. I guess what does life look like today, having gone through all of those instances and, and making that dedicated time to focus on? Hey, I'm going to turn this around. I guess what's the end result and what's that look like today? I feel today I feel fortunate that I went to prison. Um, what a wild dude, it's, thing, dude! It's I crazy understand to say. it so yeah. much. Like I, I'm fortunate. I have a new outlook on life that a lot of people don't get. Um, I appreciate things these days. I'm honestly, I'm a little worried that that will go away. And like, I, I almost feel it creeping on. Like when I first got out of prison, I was, I was struggling to find work. I have all these felonies. Um, and then I land this awesome job. Right. And it's like, I'm so happy, but over time, like gratitude goes away. This awesome job that I got that I was, that I should not have gotten. Um, now I want to raise and then I want another raise and mm-hmm. like the car that I was fortunate enough to get, like when I got out of prison, now it's not good enough. Mm. And so I, I am trying to stay away from that. I, I want to appreciate life like I did when I first got out. Um, but society or whatever it is, um, it's creeping back up today. I am still trying to. Honestly, I'm still trying to climb my way out of the holes that I've dug. Like I have all those years of wreckage and pain and debt and um, it's going to take some time. So I'm working on that. Um, working on myself. This self-improvement thing is, has been a kick. Uh, I'm enjoying that. And uh, yeah, that's really it. Hell yeah, dude. That's yeah, man, there's a, there's a long period of reconstruction ahead. Yeah. That's just, that's so beautiful. And I, and I feel like what's been really interesting about this podcast is that it has not really been the normal outline of the podcast. It's been Maybe it's re- because I haven't listened to a podcast. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is, dude. I have no idea. It's also a guest host, right? There's a lot of variables. In there's a lot right of variables, now. but I mean, my point is that I'm not upset about it. Yeah. You know, and I feel like I'm almost a, a little bit sad that we're at an hour and we got to cut this off. Because I'm really starting to get into like some conversation, man, and I'm really, really enjoying it. And I want to thank you for your time for coming out here and like doing this weird, awkward thing with us <laughs> that's going on the internet. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming out and doing this, man. You know, so uh, all the viewers and listeners out there, we love you. Thank you. Please subscribe. Uh, you know, email us at the last week out at Gmail. Hit the like button. Yeah, be the know, first share. person to send us an email and, and ask us some questions. Yeah, dude, dust dust out dust out our email for us, dude. It's getting a little dusty in there, so get up in there and do some some housekeeping for us, dude. Send us something. Send us something. Danny, email you might us win after something. This. Probably not, but you might. DM us on Instagram. It's easier. If you, if you, if you slide in our Gmail account, uh, <laughs> Danny will buy you something. The last week out at Gmail. One dollar limit. Yeah, one one dollar <laughs> limit, but he's gonna buy you another dollar with that dollar. Hey. And he's gonna flip that dollar. It's called investments, okay? Yeah. So diversify your portfolio, losers. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>